Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Family, it's good to see you all. I think I, the only difference is I probably just got a little bit more facial hair <laughs> since you all have seen me. Um, but it's, uh, it's good to be home. This is a home. Uh, this is a place where um, I really discovered uh, Christ and um, I was really transformed uh, just being a part of this community. Um, and in, in the, leader, the leadership helped me in so many different ways, pulling me aside, having conversations with me. Um, and I could say a lot more fun uh, facts, but uh, um, definitely Jonathan. Jonathan's grown up. Wow, it's beautiful. It's, it's great to see uh, just the growth and to see some of the, uh, see, to see you all as from, go from kids to adults and uh, to see the growth. So that's the fun part. Um, I also remember just moments where I, uh, three-year-olds were prophesying to me and praying for me. And in those moments, that's where I began to also discover uh, purpose as well, because I didn't know three-year-olds could do that. Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to share a little, of, a little bit of my story, um, but then also I want to share um, something that's special, uh, a dear message on my heart, and I just want to talk about reforming culture and um, just really how um, God is using all of us in our jobs um, and just, just, being, just in parenting uh, and just in so many different ways God is using us in governmental places and he's using us to impact our world for good. He's raising us up to uh, transform cities and communities. And I'll share some stories about how we, uh, my wife and I are able to do that and how we are also able to uh, partner with uh, the educational system and to partner with other nonprofits and to partner with relationships within our local area and also have impact within the D, uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia uh, uh, region. So um, I'm going to share a little bit of that. But uh, again, I'm just excited to be here. And uh, Papa told me to have some fun and be, to be relaxed. So I'm definitely going to do that because I feel like I'm at home. Um, and is it okay if I minister to a few people as well? Okay. Uh, Tra- Travis? I know, like we said, it's a long time. If you can just stand, man, I just want to, if you, if you uh, don't mind, I just want to uh, minister to you. Uh, Travis, um, I just, um, just hear the Lord say that um, this is a, a brief, um, it, was, it was stated earlier something about like a new narrative. And I just see uh, just like a whole new narrative for you. There's a whole new season uh, that God is, is bringing you into. Um, and, and, you know, it's easy for us to, to look at our past, uh, but the Lord is uh, really releasing you and bringing you into a new season in your life. And you know what that defining moment is. But it's like today, the Lord, just even through worship, the Lord is just uh, was doing some things on the inside of you. He's, he's sparking some things on the inside of you. You're a revivalist. Uh, there is still a call in your life. You, you might have said, look, I don't want to do it this way or I don't want to do it that way. But Travis, there is a message that's on the inside of you. You're going to uh, see a revival. You're going to be a messenger for the kingdom of God. And I, I'm just going to say, Say this too. You are a messenger for the king uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, there's going to be a circle. There's going to be a, a people group that God's going to place you in. He's going to place you in that people group for a specific reason. He's going to empower you to bring reformation and to bring change. And you're not going to use 
church language, you're going to lose, use kingdom language. You're going to, you're going to uh, uh, really be uh, partnering with the Holy Spirit, and he's going to use you in a mighty and significant way. So just get ready for what he's doing. Um, I just see it's not just happening tomorrow. I'll see it happening today. I just see something uh, sparking and rising up uh, within you. And it's like sometimes we can kind of go, I'm waiting for that perfect moment. But God isn't taking perfect, you, uh, God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing hearts. And you have a willing heart. You're one who is, uh, you, you, you have so much within you, and you may limit yourself, but you have so much within you. And so just rest and know that the Holy Spirit is going to bring you into a whole new season in your life. And this week for you is going to be a significant week. It's going to be a fun week because there's going to be a whole new level of fellowship with the Holy Spirit as well. So, God, we just thank you for Travis, God. And we just uh, thank you just, Lord, for just breaking him into this new season, God, breaking him into, Lord, the people group and the, and the purpose, Lord, that you have called him to. And, Travis, I also just see the uh, shift and I see some um, uh, some, some things concerning uh, plant being planted, being established, being rooted, because there's 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 something uh, that that you need. Uh, there's uh, there's this empowerment that you need to be able to step into that thing as well. So I just believe that for you. So we just thank you, uh, God, for just releasing that. Yeah. Awesome. Aiden, Aiden left. Yes. He did leave. Okay. All right. That. Get them later? Yeah, that works. I'll get them. That works. All right, recording? All right. Okay. Uh, how many of us have, uh, my dad, well, my dad taught me this scripture, but how many of us have ever heard this scripture? Uh, Trust in the Lord um, and with all your heart and lean not on your, on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And that's Proverbs 5 uh, through 6. And I, rem- I remember my dad pulled me aside one day and he said, hey, son, I believe that you're in a new season in your life. And he just, he just kind of breaks down the scripture. And when you're in high school, you kind of look at your parents in a different way from when you're a child. So when you're in high school, you kind of look at your parents and go, okay, that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, I have no clue what you mean by that, but we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> years later, now I see how powerful that scripture is uh, to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Um, and so uh, for me um, and my wife, for my wife and I, uh, she was in the educational system before uh, me. So um, she is a guidance counselor. She was just promoted. Um, she is now a department chair. Um, at a department chair level, so that's really awesome. So she is, I think, one of the youngest department chairs in our community. Um, And so um, when she experienced a little bit of challenge um, and a little bit of change within the workplace, um, God actually ended up uh, bringing promotion to her life. And she went through a season where she wanted to like kind of just go, hey, this is this is crazy. And let's just be honest. I just want to quit. But the reality is like when we stuck through and we just prayed and we just hung in there, she saw uh, an amazing opportunity open up for her. And it ended up being a school that she graduated high school from. And so she's able to go back to, go back to her school um, and impact those students there. Many stories of, of her just impacting uh, young people's lives, you know, kids wanting to commit suicide, kids walking in depression, kids just stepping in her office, and uh, the Lord just uses her. And she doesn't use a lot of spiritual language, but she uses uh, just normal language, just like, like now, hey, how you doing? Um, and just within those moments and just within them just being in her presence, they're changed. And um, they, you know, students typically sometimes go, oh, my goodness, there's a light about you. You know, there's something different about you. And then we know we can go, you know what that is. <laughs> um, but, uh, but 
to be honest, you know, we just, we kind of say, you know, thank you. We give glory to God for it. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're just grateful for the kind of work we get to do uh, every single day. But, you know, when we come home, the narrative changes because we have three girls. <laughs> three girls. And when we come home to three girls, the language changes. <laughs> so we go from high school students and I have middle school students to little babies, little toddlers. And the first thing they do is they pull on you, they grab you, they ask you, they have requests. Some of them, you know, they, they, they just want to spend some time with you. So immediately, like, they want you to pick them up. Um, and, and, you know, they all, they express themselves in many different ways. But um, having children now, can you all believe that? So I'm, I'm grateful for my beautiful wife. Um, man, I had to chase her. So I had to, she made me chase her because she had like 100 questions. It's like, a, it's like a book she can write, like 100 questions for this man. And I had to really chase her. In order to get her, I had to chase her. Um, she was definitely worth it. <laughs> yes. So I'm definitely grateful for her. And um, we've been through some awesome things together, awesome seasons together. Um, and I, I, I love her. Um, and then all of a sudden... Boom, children. It was like, did you guys wait? Not really. Uh, <laughs> so uh, children are a blessing. Uh, my parents are, I'm Pastor Michael and Donna Scott, so we're back at home. So I kind of have the, uh, the, the privilege of being uh, one, the, uh, a son right in their church. And, um, you know, with, with that, that's, there's always, there's, there's um, good things and there's sometimes bad things that, that go down. Because uh, when, you're, uh, when your parents are pastors, you know, the attention changes. Uh, and they give, you, they give us a lot of attention. But what I'm saying is the, attention, the whole thing changes when they have to minister to people, um, be in people's lives, and, and be spiritual parents and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, again, there's good things and sometimes there can be some negative things. Uh, but, you know, when you create a culture of honesty and you can actually communicate with each other and say, hey, um, this bothers me, I don't like this, and they go, hey, we'll adjust, we'll change, um, and things like that. But they're doing a great work. Um, actually, we just um, uh, started another location um, in a different part of Maryland. And my wife and I have been uh, there for since probably, I think, January, since the beginning of the year. And uh, Dr. Melody happened to come up and uh, did a great training there. So um, it was it was it was great. So it's it's a great it's, it's great what God is doing, um, and we're glad and grateful, you know, for my parents and you know for what they're doing. Um, all right, so you all are like, are you going to jump in yet? I will. I got you. <laughs> Just want to give you a quick update. <laughs> all righty. If you all can jump to, um, sorry, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, 1, um, chapter 16, verses 1. And typically when we read stories in the Bible, I know for, for the most part, you know, we know the stories. We've, we've heard them before. So if I paraphrase, you know, just try to stick with me. Uh, but it says, now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go if Saul hears it? He will kill me. But the Lord said, uh, take this uh, heifer, heifer, how do you say that again? I'm sorry. Heifer. I say heifer sometimes. Sorry. It's not a good way to put it. 
uh, with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me uh, the one uh, the one I name uh, to you. And so uh, when you, we look at this, um, <clears throat> what's interesting is Samuel is questioning and asking God, hey, why do you want me to go and do this for you? And he's a prophet. And so prophets, you know, you hear God, you have to obey. You got to do what he's saying. And so for Samuel, he um, again, he questions because he questions God because he's afraid that he's going to be killed. And so what I want to what I, what I want to highlight here is the, um, uh, the word horn here. The Lord says, uh, the Lord says here to fill your horn with oil. All right, to fill your horn with oil. And if we know what a, what a horn represents, a horn represents strength. A horn represents honor. It represents dominion. It represents power, fierceness. Um, and in the times of Jesus, there was what we called a horn of salvation, a strong savior. And another word is exalted. And so he said, fill your horn. And how many of you ever heard God speak to you? And you say, that makes no sense. <laughs> All of us. That makes no sense. But when we, we know that when we dig into the word and we begin to go a little bit deeper in our study, we begin to see that God wants to speak to us, but God has an, a whole idea behind this thing. And we don't always understand what he is saying and what he's doing. But again, he says, fill your horn with oil. And he's saying, anoint this horn, anoint this sound. And I believe that God is anointing his people, he is anointing your horn. He is anointing your unique sound. And whatever God has called you and placed you in, whether it is the marketplace uh, or whether it's, uh, again, business, government, education, wherever he places you, if you are in school, no matter what our kids, when they are in school, their horns can be filled and they can sound, the, uh, they can sound this horn and they can be the voice and they can be the sound uh, wherever they go. And I remember getting a word on my, a prophecy in my life, um, over my life, spoken over my life. And I remember um, it was like um, talking about sound and it was talking about, uh, you know, when you hear those sound prophecies, you go, what do you sound? I don't sing. <laughs> I don't sing. You don't want me to do that. <laughs> I do strum a guitar because of... Of, of the support and help of Pastor Joe. I was, peep, I was peeping the guitar out up here. Uh, definitely peeping that out. Uh, but no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I just got something new, so I'm going to definitely message you on that one. <laughs> got something new. Um, but I think, again, what's so significant here, here is he says uh, to, to um, fill your horn with oil, and he says go. And, um, and going, and, and, and sometimes going is really, really difficult because sometimes we just don't know where God is sending us. And that was the same situation as Samuel, and we know the story. So when Samuel ends up leaving and going, he ends up uh, going to um, Bethlehem. Uh, he meets uh, David's uh, father, um, and David is just working and working and working and working, and his brothers uh, must have been ripped. They must have been diesel, tall. I'm none of those things. They were coming up to Samuel, and he, you know, Jesse was like, "Hey, this is my, son. this is one of my sons," and they come up, and uh, he, Samuel's like, "Okay, Lord, is this the one that you want me to anoint?" God says, "Not him." And then again, the same thing. Oh, bring me another son. They bring him another ripped diesel son, and go, "Is this the one?" 
No, and that's not the one. And while David was working, while David was serving, while he was tending the sheep, this guy who was rare, who didn't seem very important, maybe he wasn't ripped, you know, wasn't a big guy, you know. But when he called on David, there was, he immediately knew. And so he had to ask the Lord, but he immediately knew that this is the one. I want to share, I want to encourage you, you know, for me, you know, my story is, you know, um, growing up, um, my, my mother had uh, children by three different men, and she tells her testimony to the world. She experienced some, you know, she was shamed for it. Um, she went through her, sta- uh, her, her stage. She went through her process, and how many of you know we all have a process we're going through? And we all have some things that we're working through, and she was shamed for it, and now guess what she does? She takes that same message where she is, was shamed, and she puts to shame the plans of the enemy. Yeah. She goes around the world, and she, uh, even within our city, and she shares the message of how God has brought her through her pain and brought her through her most difficult season, and it, it has become her message. And so for me, I have so much honor and respect for that message. But uh, my point is, is um, for Excuse me. For me, you know, I um, experienced some abandonment because I didn't know I didn't know my father personally um, in a way where I actually lived with him. So I kind of knew how to live in the household with no man for 11 years until my stepfather came into my life, and he's a great man. And so, um, for 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 me, for me, you know, abandonment was a big deal. And so I viewed God through the lens of you know abandonment. So I thought that okay, God, if I serve you. I don't want you to abandon me, but if I do something for you, if I serve you, uh, I just have this fear that you're going you're gonna to leave me. You're not going to be there for me. And so we know that um, that's a lie. We know that's not true. And so um, I bucked up against my stepfather. When he came into the house, I said, I'm the one that takes the trash out. I'm the man in this house. <laughs> and how long did that last? Not long. And so for me, um, I was considered a, a fatherless kid for, for those 11 years. And, be, be, you know, with that, you know, uh, Frederick has become more of like an inner city now. It's becoming a larger, it's, it's growing. It's becoming a bigger area. Um, we're expanding. Um, and so uh, my family's, ori- my, my biological father's family is originally from Washington, D.C. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time with them. So I got a lot of that, I got a lot of that side in me, but then I also got some of that Frederick in me uh, from my mom's side. And so, um, again, ultimately, um, you know, for me, um, you know, with the, ab- with the abandonment issues, with rejection, uh, with um, the pride when I was young, you know, I thought I can, you know, do what I wanted to do, and I thought I could be who I wanted to be when I wanted to be it. Um, but um, I'm just grateful for uh, my stepfather who came into my life and really poured into me and really kind of broke that. And because he's military, he broke me down. Uh, <laughs> so when I say he broke me down, he broke me down. <laughs> He was a Marine, yes. He was a Marine, so it, it was like, no spankings here, it's time to work. And I'm like, that's how you discipline us? It's time to work. Uh, so those are some fun stories. You, you all would like those. You want to hear it? Sure. All right, here's one. Um, so uh, my sister and I got in trouble, like always. Um, it's, five, it's five kids, and it was um, my sister, Tylen, and it was, it was EJ. And we were the oldest, so we thought we ran the show. He said, okay, you think you ran the show? I got something for you, all right? Go in the kitchen. I'm like, for what? Go in the kitchen, clean all the dishes, take all the dishes out of the cabinets. Those are already clean. I want you to clean them again. 
Then when you're done, take out the trash can, take the trash out, clean out the trash can. Excuse me? Clean out the trash can. When you're done, go clean all the vents in the house. If you need a ladder, you will need one because you're short. Go ahead and get a ladder. <laughs> clean all the vents inside and out. I said, this man is crazy. <laughs> he, you know, when we were done, we, we went back to him. We said, hey, uh, we're finished. He goes, cross his arms with his muscles. <laughs> Good. Then he looked at me, he said, now go do it again. <laughs> Who likes that? No one. He said, go do it again and repeat the process. And I said, this man's got to be crazy. In my head, I didn't say that out loud, because, you know, I did <laughs> use wisdom, use wisdom. And he made me do it again. And I learned my lesson. And then there was one other incident where my sister and I wanted to be big and bad and do what we wanted to do. And um, that's, a, that's probably not a story I should share. <laughs> but that was how we, you know, that's how we were disciplined. And so, again, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I thought I'd share a story with you, right? <laughs> yeah, that does happen. <laughs> and so um, I really battled between, I really battled between, um, so this is what I want to talk about. I really battled between uh, this, this thing called humility, this reality called humility, and this reality called courage. Um, and the reason why I struggled with this, because humility is very important because it deals with submission. It deals with submitting our hearts. And um, I, I'm going to be honest, the Holy Spirit corrected me. Um, I really kind of got all intense and deep with it. And, and I, I felt like, you know, we were um, coming out of this place of, um, of permission. And God was bringing us into a place of walking in a great, uh, the great commission, walking in a place where he is sending us, where he is stirring up courage, where he's stirring up boldness. And he is, uh, again, like Samuel, sending us um, and, and, and telling us to go. And we have to place all our trust in him. But then the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me and say that, you, you know, that's not necessarily true. Because sometimes we take scripture out of context. And sometimes we take the word of God and we say, uh, uh, you know, we want to emphasize, you know, emphasize a little bit more on on this, but we want to, you know, make this issue lower. So we want to say that, oh, uh, you know, courage, 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 and then we say humility, and we're not worried about humility. And sometimes... Sometimes we tend to do that when it comes to God's word. And so I, I was like, okay, so you're, uh, you're definitely doing something uh, with this. But I want to share, um, share this. Um, I believe that um, with, with humility um, and, and per, um, permission, when we, when we talk about permission, my, my kids, my children, I don't call them kids, but my children, uh, one of the things they do is at the table, well, they did in the past, they would, they would eat their food just a little bit, they'll get up, and they'll run and go play. And I'm like, we let this slide for a long time, long enough. And I set this new rule in this new, this, I set something different for him. I set the tone. I said, excuse me, girls, I need you to come back to the table. I want you to sit down and, uh, and when you want to get up and when you're ready to get up, you actually have to talk to me first. After, now I'm going to explain these, these girls are definitely different. Tirza, the oldest, the five-year-old, she's going to listen. But she's also going to ask questions. <laughs> Hope, the, our second child, she does not ask questions. She's like, for what? Why? <laughs> Sir, I'm like, I'm explaining to you after you're done. 
Go ahead and do what you have to do. But why? I'm like, hope, you just need to listen. I am listening. I'm just saying, but why? I'm like, oh, this is a tough, this is a tough one right here. This is a tough one. And so I, the reason why I wanted to do this is because, you know, it's, it's you know, trying to teach them etiquette. And also, you know, you need, when it's 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night, it's the summertime, so we're off. So we get a lot of playtime with our kids. Our, you know, our children at 9 o'clock say, I'm hungry. No, no, we're not giving you food at 9 o'clock. No. You get a banana and you're going to sleep. That's not happening. And so they're just sitting at the table thinking they can just get up and do what they want. So we had to set the tone for some things. And so... Um, and so my point is, is um, they have to ask permission. Um, and although permission is a huge part of the journey in our faith, so is walking out our God-given purpose. But permission is a, is a form of submission. It's a form of submitting. And we are submitted to God. We are submitted to leadership. We are submitted in our marriage. I'm submitted. And we are submitted in uh, many different ways. But then I realized that God was saying something different. You can't throw out one principle slash truth and just because we are trying to magnify a different principle or truth and we get into this place where we start to magnify one over the other and then we start teaching people that it's okay to be courageous but then it's not, but then you're, you're fine, we'll let you slide when it comes to humility. And the reality is, is that God wants us to bring those things together. He wants us to walk in humility and he also wants to, us to walk in bravery. But I'd rather have a person who is brave, confident, and courageous, but please be humble. Yeah. And so I've run, into, I've run into people, and maybe I've, run, I've done this myself, but it is, it is extremely easy when you are bold and you are courageous and you're stepping out to just step out and to be bold. And, 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 and then all of a sudden, you dismiss this place where you have to, we have to realize that it's God's grace working in us and through us. And it is him who, is, who gets all the glory um, in whatever we are doing, if that makes sense. But James uh, 4, 6 uh, says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. Am I doing good on time? Okay. And draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And if I see someone who is powerful, just please be honest. (laughs) Please be honest. Because... I see this in the workplace a lot. And again, we're talking about reforming culture. But culture is, is it's, a, it's a set of beliefs that someone develops over time. It's a culture that's, that you, that's developed when you're young. It's what you see around you. It's external. But then eventually it becomes an internal thing. And so for me, with my, with my problems and with my issues, I developed a culture where I felt like, okay, I'm an abandoned kid. I developed this culture where I, I'm, I'm just going to reject people because I'm going to be rejected. So I needed, I needed to find a way to be accepted. I developed this, this, this culture, if you will. And so every single day I get to work with, I work at an alternative public school. Okay? And so because we're, because we're streaming, there's certain things I can't share. 
But what I will say is I just had a student who was just um, sentenced to 10 years. The same kid who sat right there beside me, the same kid that I worked uh, you know, with on their math, the same kid I worked with on their, on their English, the same kid that I played basketball with five days out of the week is on the front cover of the newspaper. You've had several. I've had plenty. And my point is, is these, these inner city kids, if you hear their stories, there'll be a kid who is one of nine, and the mom is single, has no husband. She's not married. She just has nine kids. And the, these kids are fighting for attention. They're broken. They're hurting. And they, they're looking to someone, and they're looking for just someone to listen to them. And that's my job, and that's my responsibility. And the first thing I'm supposed to do is really listen, because if I just throw all my input in there right away, there's no trust that's going to be built. And so I've, I remember working first in a residential facility. And in this re residential facility, um, this is 10 times worse than where I'm at now. And these kids, are, um, we had one kid who was adopted 12 times in nine years, right? So he had some abandonment issues. I did as well. But guess what? When God came into my heart and came into my life and he changed that and he healed me, I then became instrumental in bringing reformation to that kid's life. Because in Jeremiah 1, it talks about God knew us before he actually formed us. And reformation is about the fact that God has formed, he has designed, he has built something in you. He has crafted you. He has designed you with a message that's on the inside of you. Am I talking to anyone? He has designed you with a message on the inside of you, and he has crafted us. He has molded us. He has shaped us. He has said, I have made you a new creation created in Christ Jesus. And when a pastor, Steve, used to sit there and talk to me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this man is so consistent. And he would say, EJ, take godly beliefs and begin to declare them in your life. When I did that, I, en I ended up learning the power of making those decrees, speaking that I am a new creation created in Christ Jesus. I'm not perfect, but I'm complete. And when I begin to read his word and declare his word, that thing began to flow into the workplace. It began to flow into the marketplace. It began to flow into my business. It began to flow into so many different things. And I go, man, God, all I can do is give you glory for all that you're doing in my life, because this is definitely not me. Because just 10 years ago, I was a broken kid sitting at this altar. I was, a broken, I was a broken kid sitting at this altar. And then, oh, there's Pastor Joe. He talk about some wisdom. He'd cross his arms. He'd just look at me. And I'd say, what is he thinking about me? <laughs> and then he'd give you that smirk, and I'd go, oh, man. I really am trying to figure out what is he thinking about me. So patient with me, very patient with me. And he brought some nice, beautiful, cr practical correction. Like he, when he corrected me, it was like practical. It's like, here, here, I'm gonna correct you now without saying that, like using the word correction. He'd go, okay, you need to try this, and then uh, here's three steps. Bless you. <laughs> Two weeks later, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Oh, God, what is he thinking about me? <laughs> And he taught me the power of the process. He taught me that you're not going to, you don't just change just one time. We, re, we don't just repent one time. 
Does that make sense? So I'm kind of using some stories because in this house, I definitely uh, received a lot of love. <laughs> but these stories of these young people, that's just really, uh, you heard my story, but you can also see that my story started to parallel with their story. Um, there's a lot of, there's some great things that I would love to do. There's some great things that I believe that God wants to do in, in, in and through me. But I also know that God is not pursuing uh, me for some kind of dream. He's not looking at me and going, I just see the dream first and not you. He sees me first and then he sees me operating in the dream. He sees me operating in the purpose. He sees me operating in my destiny because we are human before we do anything. We matter, before, we matter before we do anything. And so sometimes when you do something great and someone goes, that's an awesome job, sometimes we just go, I don't know how to respond to that. You know, I don't know how to respond to that, but thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Sometimes it is okay to say thank you when you do a great job. I'm almost done. <laughs> Tell some more stories. <laughs> Tell some more stories, right? <laughs> I've got some great stories. Yeah. Stories about here or home? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I was something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I also thought about this, and I, I know that, um, again, these, I don't want to just give you thoughts, but I just believe that when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, um, we don't get to pick and choose, like, which fruit we want to, like, operate in. Does that make sense? You know, I just like, you know, and, I, and I, we can say I need joy today, that, and that's important. You know, I need joy today. I need, I need, um, I need love. I need patience. And that's, and that's very important. But when you operate by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you operate by the leadership of the Spirit, then you will produce good fruit. And in your life, God will produce those great and good things through you, and he will produce those things through me. And so we know that bad fruit can be produced, and we know how that works. But let's just stick with the good stuff. But I believe that um, we are in a present truth uh, generation as well, present truth time, where we must be able to rightly divide the word of truth, word of God, and bring kingdom understanding in the 21st century without compromising. And the reason why I say that is because I have heard all of these different layers of truth or, you know, someone's thought. And the reality is, is when I go to the word of God for myself and I begin to personally discover his word, discover truth, and all of us know that the truth, what? Sets us free. And so then you can, we operate in that freedom. And again, the word of God is, is extremely important because I will tell you, I've had many difficult days during my work, during my work experience. I've gone into work and they thought about myself didn't think about anyone else, I produce no fruit. But when I go into the workplace, I wake up in the morning, I get myself ready, and I'm, I'm prepared. I spend time with the Holy Spirit. I spend time in the presence of God. And, and sometimes, you know, that is uh, cutting some worship on, worshiping God, pacing back and forth, and then getting the girls ready to go because we have a full day. And uh, in the midst of that, God still honors us. But in, the, in that preparation, I can go to, go to work in the right mind and in, 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 a, in a place of right standing, and I can actually influence uh, these young people. And there was a kid who had an identity issue, and um, I remember them coming into my room, and um, they were saying, they were 
I have some things I can't say, but they were, they just had an identity, they had an, a, a big time identity problem. And I never forget, I just looked at them, again, I'm not that old, I'm not that old, and I just looked at them and I said, hey, come back to my classroom at 10 o'clock. They said, what? Come back to my classroom at 10 o'clock. They, went, they were doing what they had to do. For some reason, they got a little nervous. They came back to my room and I just asked them questions. And I just listened to their heart. And just in that moment, I began to hear their story. And when I begin to hear their story, they begin to tell me what's really going on and how, you know, and that's what therapists are for. That's what counselors are for. And so I say certain things. I don't need to know that. You can go tell your counselor that. Please submit that to your counselor. Please don't tell me that. But here's, here's some questions I have. I noticed that you're struggling here. They go, you're right. I noticed that you're struggling here. Well, how, I mean, you're right, but how did you know that? I said, because I watch you. I observe. I see you. You matter. I get a paycheck. It's beautiful. <laughs> but I'm not here for the paycheck. I am here for the paycheck, actually. <laughs> Both. But I'm here to serve you. There it is. <laughs> yeah, higher calls. And so anyway, um, this kid met with me. And I remember just at, like starting to ask some questions and starting to hit some, some tough spots in their heart. And this same kid, like, started, we, they started seeing transformation in the school. Same kid, they said, I don't know, they're, they're struggling, it's tough. And the same kid started changing. The same kid started transforming. They started, they started doing a lot better. They started uh, to, to walk with a smile. They started to kind of, you know, they were uppity-uppity, and they were just, you know, pumped to come to school because they, they would never come to school. And anyway, you know, you started seeing that change. And again, it's, it's, it's not like I'm in there like, I'm, a, I'm the only Christian in this school, and I'm the only person that can talk to these children. Now, that's not necessarily true. I'm just saying that I just, I pay attention to what I'm, what I'm responsible uh, to do when I'm at work. But I'll, I believe that... Um, um, courage without humility can lead to a whole bunch of pride yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if we're not careful. Yeah. But I believe that some of the things I brought out, I believe that, um, you know, humility brings out vulnerability. And I begin to get vulnerable with that person. You know, humility brings out accountability. It brings out honoring the other person without pointing the finger. And God says that my kingdom is at hand. He didn't say my kingdom is, is, is pointing the finger. My kingdom's at hand because I'm not the judge. And that's what builds the trust, but also humility brings, there's wise counsel in humility. And it also builds trust. Pastor Joel says, if we want to see the impossible, we must be committed to boldly going where he leads. And this is where courage comes in the picture. And so we need, we need humility, but we also have to be courageous people. Right? We have to be courageous because we are doing what our Father is doing in John 5, 19. It talks about that. But in Romans 8, 16 uh, through 17, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. And how many of you know that redemption was not pretty? That what Jesus had to do on the cross for our lives, it was not pretty. And sometimes in conversations that we have with people, they can come off messy, but let's not give up on people. Let's stand in the, in, in the gap. Let's stay with that person. Let's keep, continue to encourage that person and suffer. And if the word of God says long suffer. And my daughter Hope said this to me. She said, Daddy, you are taking a long time. 
This is my child who comes off a little bit more impatient. She says, Dad, oh, my goodness, you're taking so long. Why can't you just do it now? I want my cereal now, Dad. I, she's going to get to the age where she can make it herself. She's like, but you're taking so long. And sometimes that's how it is with our relationship with the Father is that sometimes we feel like God is just taking so long. And sometimes in conversations that we have with people, the same thing. It's like, man, this is just taking so long. I don't have patience for this anymore. I'm done with this. And Lizzie, you know we do this at work. We're like, God bless you. We got to (laughs) go. Certain issues, we're like, you need more help than anything else. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, again, is just the power of long-suffering with others. It's just suffering with people, and we, we suffer with Christ. And, and, and I mean, talking about suffering is, is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all, but suffering is, is very important. Um, and so, again, getting ready to close. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I have this passion to see. I want to see revival. I want to see reformation. I want to see all these things. And I remember, I remember one day just stopping, and I remember, the, uh, uh, you know, the Lord saying, EJ, you know, you want to see revival, I'm the reviver. <laughs> you can't see revival without me because I'm sorry you're struggling today, but you need to be revived. <laughs> Reformation, we need a reformer. <laughs> he is the reformer of reformers. He's the restorer of restores, those who bring restoration to culture and to, to, uh, to people groups. He actually is the restorer, yes. but he has to restore you. He has to reform you before he can reform the world around you. And that's, what, that's the beauty of what God is doing. And so, again, I feel like I'm just kind of, you know, you know, preaching to the saints, you know. You all, you all got it. You all good, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I want to kind of close here, but... Um, I just, I just find it just very interesting that um, Jesus can sit in a boat and sleep, and the disciples just go, and they run to him, and they say, do you see what's happening? Because we're about to die, and you're asleep. What are you doing? And I know Jesus is like, you of little faith. And if you don't go back, if you don't just go to sleep and relax, just like I'm relaxing, I am the calm. I am the peace in the midst of the storm. And that's where that humility and courage kind of connects because they had to humble themselves. They had to submit to Jesus in that situation to know that, man, he has what it takes. His heart is full of bravery and courage. He has what it takes. And I believe that God has taken the church into this, this season and uh, in place where we are going to learn how to fight for one another as well. Yes. Where we're going to learn how to have courage and bravery for one another. We're going to learn how to, when in your toughest season, I am there for you. I'm going to stick. It took three weeks. That's okay. And I've never forget it. One of my, I just recently talked to a year ago, um, one of my former teachers, and her daughter was battling depression. She was struggling with depression, and she was struggling uh, with it in a very bad way to the point where she needed, like, medical assistance. And I said, okay, um, my wife and I can pray for you. She goes, really? I have, a, I have a picture for you. You take the picture, you look at it, and you say, bless her every day if you can. We did that. It was sitting right in our room. 
and we would bless it, and we begin to pray for her, and we would begin to make decrees. Do you know that with all that medical help, they said, we don't need to help you anymore. You have changed. Something's happening. You are changing, not based on what we are doing. But her mom saw me in Wegmans, and she was leaping with joy. She said, you guys must have been praying because she is changed. And, and, and with that, I mean, this, with, when you, if you experience depression in a really, if you experience it in a way where it gets too far, we, we then deal with suicide. We then deal with other different issues that we might, we might see in the educational system. But uh, it's just really, I just want to encourage you all that when kids are in school, when, when students are in school, begin to pray for your city, pray for your community, pray for the schools. Um, because we need educators, we need people uh, who are instruments of justice. You know, we need people who are are, going, are are really working to make a difference and to bring change. And I'm not saying that everyone's life is difficult, but I will say that our kids will go to school and they will be one way, and they'll come home and they'll be another way. It's just the truth because I know I did that when I was in school. But um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. <laughs> Hey, did Aiden, Aiden did come in? Aiden did come in? No, okay. Oh, it's 11.50? All right, we got to shut it down, right? All right, shut it down. Jonathan, wow. What's that? That's right, that's right. Who's leaving, right? <laughs> were y'all blessed, though? I mean, and I want to just kind of be a little transparent, too. It's like, were y'all blessed because, like, I, you know, for me and Elizabeth, uh, we're very honest and we're very transparent. We're also very honest with our pastors. And we kind of tell them, like, man, it's, it's been tough. We're really struggling. Um, but there he is. Look how tall he is. <laughs> but, um, but it's just, it's just, it's just so important as a, as a community to know that you're valuable and that you're important. But as a community, you all, you know, when I was, I was 17 when I came here, when I was 17, you all embraced me. Every hug mattered. Like Miss Loretta was saying, I was something else when I came in. <laughs> you know, Miss Debbie. I know, I'm, I'm sure you were like, that hey, boy. And then plus we were able to stay at your house sometimes. Um, but again, yeah, God's good. Hey, man, can I, can I encourage you? Sure. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's just stretch our hands to Aiden. Uh, Lord God, we just, um, I'm going to start off just praying for you. Um, Lord God, we just thank you for this, uh, this school year. Man, he's so tall. Goodness gracious. <laughs> He's got broad shoulders like his uh, pops and granddad. <laughs> but, Lord God, we just thank you, Lord, for um, just allowing him to, to come to a new level in this school year, Lord. Broaden his horizon, Lord. I thank you for the intelligence uh, that, you, that you, you've placed within him, Lord. I thank you for the, also the wisdom uh, that you've placed within him as well, Lord. And, um, Aiden, I just see this, is, this school year for you is going to be, a, this is gonna be a, a significant year for you. Um, this is a, a unique year for you, this school year. Your parents have been praying for you, and you know that. Um, you know, this is a, but within this new school year, um, Aiden, I just see uh, you um, rising up uh, into, uh, uh, to, 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 that, to, that, um, to that young man that you are um, called to be. And, you're, and for, for some, sometimes we look at, um, 
we look at our youth and we, we go, you know, why am I this way? Why am I that way? Um, you know, why, am, why do I feel like I'm a leader so young? Why do I feel like I stand out um, at a young age? Obviously, you stand out because you are tall. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you know, you stand out. You, you have. Uh, there's, there's something uh, special about uh, the, the intercessor call upon your life. You know, you're an intercessor. You're, you're a leader. Uh, you are an influencer. Um, and you're going to see that this year, God's going to um, place. I don't, I don't see it as like all the time, but He's going to place a few people uh, uh, within your students, within your, uh, within your uh, way. And you're going to, you're going to encourage them. Uh, you're going to uh, experience um, a, a time where you're going to be giving some encouragement to people in school. And you better focus on the books and do your thing yourself. But at the same time, um, you know, you're going to see um, some, some opportunities for you to encourage people. You're going to see God use you in a, in a mighty way. And it may not seem like it's mighty, but to God it is. Uh, you have been built to be strong. You have been designed and built to be a young man of integrity. You have been designed and built to be a young man who will prosper in many ways. And I just see generations being raised up through uh, uh, the purpose that God has for your life. Uh, you will, you're, you're also going to be... Uh, one who is going to draw uh, the, the the next wave of young people in this church. You're going to be uh, uh, even leading. You're going to be in in in, um, in times and uh, where you're going to be. Um, leading and guiding, and you're going, there's things that are going to be developed in you young. Don't feel pressured. Um, don't feel like it's just overwhelming. Don't feel like, uh, man, this is just too much. But just know that God is going to give you the peace. God is going to use you, and God is going to build you, and he's going to give you everything that you need uh, for, for what it is he is calling you to. Aiden, you know you have a call upon your life. You know that you have a destiny upon your life. Uh, but you just continue to be that young man who goes in the cabinets and eats those chips and be the normal, be the normal uh, you know, you know, young man, you know, I'm sure you're doing that. Uh, your parents are probably like, Jesus, he doesn't stop eating. Uh, but just continue to, <laughs> to be that, um, that young man, to just be who you are. And, um, you know, your grandmother says the best, you know, be you and do it for him. Um, and, you know, you have a significant uh, purpose. Um, but just this school year, just, just, just um, meet with God and say, God, what, what is it? What are you, what are you saying to me? Um, and obviously, you got great guidance from your parents um, who love you. Um, and again, just keep eating those chips, man, or, you know, do what you do. All right? Bless you. I don't got to take care of that, man. That's, uh, that's your parents. They got, it. They got that bill. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's one. one and, I got, um, I and then the last person, Miss Loretta, can I, can I encourage you as well? Uh, all right. And then Miss Loretta, um, I just... Um, uh, just saw um, something strategic for you. I just saw um, just uh, a new season of partnership for you, um, and I know I know you I know you've raised up so many um, young intercessors, and I was a part of that. Um, but I just see a different kind of um, a unique partnership for you when it comes to uh, intercession. And you know you've been called as a prophetess. You know that you uh, you have prophesied. You have uh, you have walked in uh, uh, seasons of, of intercession. But God has um, I, don't, I don't like to really always use this terminology. But you know you hear terms like general being a general within a certain sphere of influence. But God is elevating you and bringing you to a whole new place uh, when it comes to your, your sphere of influence. And you know what that is. And maybe it's maybe it's not what you've done in the past, but maybe it's something new that He's bringing you into. But there are going to be partnerships. There's going to be cities. There's going to be nations. There's going to be there's going to be. Um, 
there's going to be something different. There's going to be a new sound for you. There's going to be a new. There's going to be new breakthrough for you. And you're going to start. You're going to see regional impact. You're going to see impact in cities. You're going to be. You're going to be one who begins to pray over schools, and you're going to see transformation happen through your prayers and through uh, intercession. But the the Lord has a, a special a message within your heart, and you know what that message is. And that message is going to be brought to the world. That message is going to be brought to communities, and it's going to be brought to cities. And we, you know, we live in a generation and a time where you can just do that on Facebook, honestly. <laughs> but, um, you know, but the Lord is going to do it in a unique way for you. Uh, and so just get ready for just that, that regional influence and that regional impact. Um, and again, I just, I can just see it not just with schools, but also nonprofits. You know, you're going to be very strategic um, and within uh, nonprofit as nonprofits in unique ways as well. And again, it's going to be you. It's going to be what the Lord has placed within you. It's not going to be uh, something that's out of the box or out of your comfort, but it's going to be something to where you you know that this is what he has called you to do. This is where he has positioned you. Um, and just there's going to be just some doors of opportunity uh, open to you. And uh, when those doors of opportunity are open, you know what to do with those opportunities. But God is just releasing just, uh, just a fresh new uh, sound within you like never before. And you just have a, a powerful, powerful voice. Uh, and you have not only a powerful voice to this community, but you have a powerful voice uh, to the nation as well. There's just so much within you. And I know, I know, I sound crazy saying this, but I know sometimes we look at nations as, oh, nations as I'm going to nations, but nations can also represent, uh, you know, strategically like you calling out nations, you specifically uh, seeing certain nations. And when you begin to decree things, when you begin to declare things, change will happen. Uh, you're just going to continue to see so many miracles through that. Um, and I even see, um, I've I seen recently some guy, um, they were like, he had like 50,000, uh, he's seen 50,000 healings in like 10 years. And I just see it like almost being like, you're going you're gonna to see thousands of miracles through prayer. You're going to see thousands of miracles through intercession. And you might not even touch that person. You might not physically be there for that person, but you may see uh, hundreds and hundreds of people saved. You may see hundreds and hundreds of, pe- uh, hundreds of people uh, come into their destiny just through prayer, just through intercession. But again, he is also going to uh, take you places, but he is, but he has a message uh, within you and he has a purpose uh, just on your life. And I, and I know you, and I know you know that. Uh, so God, we just thank you for Miss Loretta. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Don't go. Don't go. Okay. I just want to say uh, how proud we are of you. Uh, amen. I only just want to tell one story, uh, and this was actually before he came to ITC. Uh, he wanted to go to Christian high school, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that he worked to go to school. He worked a job so he could go to Christian school. So he could pay his way. And so, to me, that's commendable. But uh, we are so proud of you. We're, we're proud of all that you've done, all you're doing. But uh, to me, uh, two things. He submitted to God. And God has opened doors of favor. You know, the favor is upon you. It's upon your family. And we're just so proud. You just cannot. I mean, they don't want to sit here and listen to me (laughs) tell stories. But uh, we're just so proud of you. We love you. We love your family. And uh, we are connected. 
I just appreciate it. So, amen. God bless you. Thank you. So, uh, we have a healing team. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up at this time.